It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Sid. I'm Tay. And this is totally the first time that we're recording this opening. (laughs) We're definitely not doing it again. And there's no way that you can prove that that's not true. I definitely haven't messed up just at the beginning of the show. I don't even know why you would bring that up. It's not because that didn't happen. Who would have their mic off for the first four minutes? Not me. (laughs) Not Sid. Definitely not Sid. What are you nostalgic for this week? Um, The Sleeping Bear Dunes up in the top left corner of Michigan. (laughs) You know what? I know exactly what those are. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is a totally normal opening, everybody. Um, yeah. In summary, <laughs> my, my family used to go up to the Sleeping Gardens in Glen Arbor and Traverse City pretty much every single summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said every single summer the first time, but what I'm realizing is it was middle school and high school. So okay. like it half counts. Yeah, but in part of college, actually. Um, but they were a really special spot to us. Uh, the sand dunes themselves are really gorgeous. Uh, I love going to big old national park, and they are one of them. No, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think you said that the first. Time. I did not. I was remembering yeah. more the second time that we've done this about why I like them and what <laughs> they actually mean to me. Um, but yeah, I mean the Glen Arbor itself is really gorgeous and. A small little town, and my family would spend many uh, summers just there playing putt-putt and, you know, supporting all the local businesses that are there and going to some of the outdoor restaurants that would have live music on the weekends. And now it's fun because all of us can drink. So I know that we're about to go up there and also go hang out at the bar this summer. But Sleeping Bear Dunes themselves, because we used to run up and down them, my family would just have a really fun time. We have many pictures from up there dating back to when I was a small child, and it's just a really special spot. And Lake Michigan, again, we both live kind of adjacent to the lakes and on the lakes. I live really, really close you to li- You can see it like whenever you leave I can, your yes. place. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the lakes are huge. And again, like out-of-state people, I don't think realize how mm. big the lakes are until mm-hmm. you see them. And mm-hmm. as soon as you crest over the hill, or in Chicago's case, just walk <laughs> flat there. Just um, head east. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> it's just, it's there. It's You're going to find it if you're in Chicago. Find just it. go east. <laughs> just go east, and you will eventually hit the lake. Yeah, but it's it's so pretty whenever you're standing at the top of the sand dunes or like on the lookout or anything, and then you just see yeah the huge lake and especially at sunset that was like one of Mm. our favorite times to go i'll try to post some pictures about this um just so everybody can see them on our twitter uh but i love them a lot yeah i'm excited to go back i love that for you thanks what are you nostalgic for i am actually interested now (laughs) spongebob the musical yes yeah yes good Um, musical (laughs) it's a great musical it's very very fun i uh was talking about this with one of my friends today because um, her partner is potentially going to be in a production of it. And she was like, I'm not super familiar with it, but I've heard it's like this and that. And I'm like, yeah, it's actually j- just so much fun. It's like one of the most fun at times I've ever had seeing a show. It was here in Chicago for the pre-Broadway world premiere. So I saw it like summer of 2016 before it even went to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so fun and so magical. And 
like such I went by myself a couple of my friends had gone like earlier in the week I think and I went um I think I won the lottery for it or something I can't remember um but my seats were so good I was like very very close to the stage and it was <laughs> like one of the most visually exciting shows as well as like one of the most well-performed shows like the cast of that was oh, phenomenal is phenomenal blew me away. um <laughs> it's so cool and I'm I love Ethan Slater I think he's like so wicked talented and like deeply deeply underrated he's the only person who was announced for the wicked movie that I was like okay I'm actually excited <laughs> that he's gonna get hopefully blow up from this did you notice that you said wicked talented because I was about to be like was that intentional <laughs> It wasn't. I just <laughs> just subconsciously just, like he's in Wicked. <laughs> he is in Wicked. Um, no, he's he's extremely extremely talented. Yeah. Um, and there's so much physicality in that show that is like impossible to do while also belting like up to a B, and he does it so cleanly and so well and so consistently. Like I am obsessed. Um, and so it was it, again one of the most fun times I've ever had at a show and then I went to stage door afterwards and basically everybody except for Emmy Ray Verlantman came out, which I was really sad about. Um, but they were all so lovely at stage door. They had like beach balls that they threw into the crowd and streamers. And I was like covered in all of this, like, like, uh, confetti and stuff. It was so, so fun. And, um, I'm sad that, I mean, I think there's like a, a pro shot of it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I was about to say, um, but they changed it a little bit in the pro shot. Yeah, because they the pro shot of it, they filmed it for Nickelodeon. And so they couldn't use everything that they did mm-hmm. um, and had to cut some things down, which I remember I watched live and had seen the show and had listened to the music. And I was like, this is slightly different. Yeah. Um, but still, if that's a way to see it, by all means, go watch it because Definitely. that is ugh, it's so good. <laughs> It's so it's so spectacular. It's such like some of the coolest like lighting and staging I've ever seen as far yeah, as like real. any performance of any show ever. Um, I think the only time I've ever been like super impressed by staging like that. The only other time was when I saw a great comet. Um, mm. And that uh, that a lot had to do with just like the physical involvement of like people on the stage and like the way that they did that. So, yeah, I, it's so intricate, so, like, incredible set design and lighting, um, and I simply will never get over how good it is. It's really, really wonderful. I have a couple of small stories about this show, Ooh. if you'll bear with me, because um, mm. I can play in the space because I also have seen the show, and I love it. <laughs> I remember when it first came out, even though I'm a huge SpongeBob person, I remember when they said that there was a musical, and it was going to be in Chicago, and I thought, uh... I don't think I want to go see it. And I regret it every single day (laughs) because getting to just even see, like I saw the Broadway version of it, but getting to see the pre-Broadway, I feel like would have been so cool. I will say the costumes were worse, demonstrably. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's remember like probably looking the at them. Only thing <laughs> that wasn't as good as the Broadway version. Yeah, I uh, I did have the chance to go see it on Broadway because, and the reason why I remember buying my ticket, it happened a month after the Tonys because mm. um, I'm Not a Loser was performed at the Tonys. Mm-hmm. And I saw it and I was like, are you kidding me? So sick. So sick. Um, and I kept showing it to a bunch of my friends and especially my mom. And I was like, did you think that this was this good? <laughs> like, was going to be this good? And even my parents were like, oh, my God, that's a this is like a real Broadway-esque number. It's and I was like, spectacle. oh, my gosh. And I'm pretty sure like the only Tony that they won that year was for set design, which was I fully so. deserved, by the it way. It was nominated for like 10, but yes. it only won 
that one, I'm pretty sure. Which, yeah, fully deserved. I was looking this up today, too, because I wanted to... I know that um, Ethan Slater got nominated for Tony for it, but I couldn't yes, remember he if he won or he lost. I was pretty sure he lost. But he lost to um, the like lead actor in a band's visit. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, you, he's lost to Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Um, I get it. But at the same time... He, I feel like he fully deserved that Tony, though. He won a bunch of other Tony or a bunch of other awards for just, that performance. Just so many, a other bunch Tonys. of other, so many other Tonys. No, no he won like a Drama Desk and like a Critics Choice. Yeah, I mean, and it was his first Broadway mm-hmm. show, and so it was mm-hmm. a big deal. And I just remember I've been cheering him on every single day. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that frustrates the hell out of me, the partner that I was dating at the time, we went to go to New York together to go see it, and two things: one, Gavin Lee announced like a day before that he was on vacation and I was so freaking pissed (laughs) (laughs) because out of everybody like obviously I wanted to see all of them and especially Ethan Slater but I was like but Gavin was why I bought the ticket because I love I've loved him since Mary Poppins and every other thing that he's done before and then his tap is amazing and he's amazing I was like I was so pissed (laughs) yeah um but my partner that I was with at the time fell asleep during the show during spongebob during that show there's so much to look at i know fell asleep (laughs) during that show and i will never understand it that's really embarrassing i'd be so embarrassed you know the show yeah how can you fall asleep to it there's so much to look at and it's really loud (laughs) i don't like pretty sure through not a simple sponge still asleep Mm. and i was like what what are we doing (laughs) that's weird that's weird and embarrassing Name we're and shame t- that person. We're I'm not together anymore, clearly. Um, <laughs> we're not together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they also told me that they fell asleep during Phantom of the Opera. So like, I don't, maybe they're just, just not a musical person. You just don't need to be person. doing theater. You just need to not go see it, actually. You're, you're wasting a seat. <laughs> maybe somebody that has been dying to go see a Broadway musical, and especially those two, should have had yeah. those seats. <laughs> wild everybody go watch that pro shot yeah check out spongebob the musical it is really it's just so much fun especially if you have nostalgia for spongebob itself like it really captures the energy of it extraordinarily well and it's so well acted so well performed really stacked cast they do all the foley work on stage too that was one of the coolest things that i've seen in a broadway show it's such a fun there's so many like musicals that come and go really quickly that i think are just like really really special in their time mm-hmm. and sadly like it's so hard to make a successful long-running broadway musical and most of them close and most of them are technically speaking failures yeah and that is like such a bummer when one is like so fun and so magical and so special and it still closes and then you just never see it i think it also got overlooked that year because the band's visit well i mean the band's visit was one but it was also against a lot of popular media musicals because frozen came out that year and mean girls came out that year like it was such a big overproduction wow. of like was that also mean girls yeah they were all nominated at that time Dang. because band's visit seemed like the the broadway one quote unquote right yeah and they're all great but they're like spongebob well, out of no i just mean like <laughs> out of all of them in like the media ones spongebob was clearly the better one yeah because it was it was brand new and also yeah. fun and inventive yeah. and all the cast freaking killed it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it kind of got lumped in with all of that and it was a bummer. For sure. I that, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that was all in the same year. I just remember because Josh Groban was hosting that year with Sarah Bareilles. Yes. I do remember that. Well, that is our theater <laughs> rant for the day. Do you want to get into it? Yep. <laughs> all right. Okay. Season 5, episode 2 is titled Boy Meets Real World. The episode aired on October 10th, 1997. It was directed by Alan Meyerson and was written by Sally Steiner. Ooh. 
Is it real world or the real world? Oh, is it? I don't know. I wrote Boy Meets the Real World, but I can't remember if it's... I think it's real world because that's the show is... The name of the show is real world, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Why did I write it like that? <laughs> Just seemed natural. <laughs> uh, the synopsis is, Corey turns on the camera on Eric, Sean, and Jack to make a film about them, but soon a fight between Sean and Jack erupts, and Topanga wants Corey to intervene. Great. This is a good one. So this, this one is filmed pretty strangely because a lot of it is intercut with Corey filming versus mm-hmm. like actual filming. So I'm going to do my best to describe when yeah. it's doing that. But it gets weird. Just watch the episode. Um, <laughs> so the first scene, we get a previously on from the very first episode, which I think this is also only the second time that we've ever had one of these. Um, but we do get them more regularly now going forward from season five. So hmm. fun fact. Uh, Sean is on the phone talking to a girl, quote unquote. I don't know why I put specifically girl, but he's like, quote unquote, on the phone t- talking to quote unquote a girl, trying to schedule a date with her. But Corey is filming him, so it's like very melodramatic. He mentions how his October is full, but he can pencil her in for November when Jack walks in in a full three-piece suit with a briefcase, greets him as Brother Sean, and says that he got an A in college and now they want him to teach. Corey yells cut and says, let me explain this one more time. I'm shooting a documentary for Feeney's film class. It's like MTV's The Real World. Now I'm going to follow you around the apartment, but for this to work, I need you to please be yourselves. Sean replies, well... My October really is full. Jack adds, and I really did get an A. And shows his paper to Corey. Eric then walks in in a wetsuit and with a surfboard and goes, sup, dudes? Just caught some major waves downtown. <laughs> Corey yells, no, that's not real. Come on, let's do this again. He gets up and everybody returns to their previous positions. And then we cut into the documentary intro. Sean, Eric, and Jack are all gathered and we hear voiceover Corey go, this is the true story of three new roommates. Eric, and then Eric says, how great is this? Jack, do you know how great this is? And Sean, this is great. We then get to Sean talking about how he's not sure him and Jack living together is going to work, interspersed with awkward small talk conversation between the two of them in the kitchen. It then cuts to Eric doing pull-ups, talking about how the ladies seem to like Jack, but it's not a competition for him because he's older and he works out. We then pan down to him standing on a milk crate while he does these pull-ups, and we hear him say, don't show that. We then cut to Jack with a guitar, talking about how Eric spends a lot of time in front of the mirror, but that's not going to help him with girls. Women like a guy that's more interested in them than himself. Now let's do it again. I can give you a better smile. Cut back to Sean, now also sitting on the couch in a different period of time. You know, I really hope this thing works out with my brother, although it's been years since I've seen him and I don't even know if we're anything alike. Now let's do it again. I can give you more vulnerability. The film ends and we're in Feeney's film class and everyone applauds. Feeney tells Corey it's an excellent start on his documentary and Corey's like, what? Feeney says, yes, excellent. I said excellent and I was talking about something you did. I don't know what came over me. Corey sits down and goes, Mr. Feeney, you think I really made a good film? Feeney's like, uh, no, I think The Graduate was a good film. What we have here is an excellent, and Corey's like, what? And Feeney goes, Feeney gives him a look and says, don't toy with me, Mr. Matthews. I would simply suggest that this being your senior year and NYU having a wonderful film program, that this student film could be your foot in the door to a fine university. Corey picks up the tape and says to Topanga, who's next to him, this film could be my foot. Feeney then addresses the class and says, are there any comments on the documentary we just saw? A girl raises her hand and Feeney calls her out as Angela. Angela is here. And this is the last time we see her for a while. 
(laughs) She's in this one scene and then we don't see her for like four episodes. But once she's back, she's like pretty back. Um, Angela says, no offense, Corey, but your project looks like you ripped off that show on MTV, The Real World. Corey says, I have no knowledge of this show of which you speak. My (laughs) real world is a real, real world. The bell rings and as they exit, Corey talks to Topanga about how inspired he is. I haven't even begun to scratch the surface on all this. I mean, you got Eric, who hasn't been on his own at all. And then you got two brothers who haven't seen each other in years, all sharing a single bathroom. My God, the possibilities. Topanga asks, are you sure that your friends are okay with you sticking a camera in their personal lives? Corey replies, not just okay, delighted. Giddy. Where'd I put my camera anyways? We then cut to a sideways shot of Eric sitting, smiling through his teeth. He says, how long do I have to smile like this, Corey? Cor? And that's the end of the scene. Boy, howdy. There's a lot happening. Yeah, getting the previously on Boy Meets World at the beginning, I was like, this is new. I know. <laughs> getting a fun little recap of everything that I just watched. Um, <laughs> but also helpful. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Which I know is the point of them. You're supposed to also know what happened in the last one. Just keeping you in the loop a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate the fact that Corey, like the filmmaker slash documentarian is back because this is mm. like the second or third time now that he's... Yeah, I want to say like the third time we've seen him with the camera. Yeah. And he always really seems to enjoy it. And so that yeah. was also fun to be like, hey, we're doing it once more. I really, <laughs> really got a kick. Like I could tell that Sean was like there are things that he would actually say but also the way that he was saying it and being like what I'm like I'm free and all this stuff but whenever Jack comes in it's like it's me I'm home from college I was like what the heck are you doing (laughs) um and it seemed like watching reality tv this seemed like reality tv at its finest yeah um just fits fit the vibe really well especially with Eric walking in and saying the comp major waves downtown because they're mm-hmm. in Philadelphia they're in Philadelphia um yes. but what I really love I think about the beginning of this and just kind of setting the precedent for the rest of the episode and also the season and seasons forward the three of them as a group and also like Corey being the fourth they all play off each other extremely well mm-hmm. and it's like one of the first times that you see all of the kids and teens just acting together and not like being with their parents or like having Mm. scenes that are split from each other because you would rarely get like the Sean and Eric scenes anymore. And so like to also just have everybody together and also like having Jack kind of as that middle is really fun. And I'm just excited to watch the rest of the show. Yeah, it's very fun. Going into class, the fact that Feeney liked Corey's work, solid. Um, even if it was just like excellent, quote unquote, and he's yeah. like, it's a start, but I love that Corey fixates on like, you said excellent. <laughs> you think it's good? <laughs> Multiple times. And yeah, I like that he just has a little bit of potential in him uh, or like sees that potential with like offering NYU's film program. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty intense. <laughs> but it means he's also not something. NYU good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's, it's really not. <laughs> it's a shaky cam. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we'll say I love Topanga's hair in this episode yeah she judges it a couple of times and i have that like her doing that in my brain in these episodes um there's there's another one that she or her hair looks also really good next episode and she's like i feel like this is her prime hair like she cut it in season three season four Mm -hmm. season three season four season four season four she cut it in season four and uh very very beginning of season four and um it always like looks really good but it's like primo in the next few episodes, she's like shushing it. She's throwing it. It's so good looking. Yeah. And like even the outfit that she's wearing with it, yeah. like she she just looks great in this episode. She um, does. I immediately at the end of this one, I love that Angela actually appears finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's just the little tiny 
glimpse and you said that she's going to come back a yeah. little later on. But it was fun because like with Matt Lawrence in the last episode and then Trina in this one, I was like, let's go. They're here. <laughs> Everybody's coming. <laughs> uh, I did have the thought as soon as, do you say, have Topanga and Corey talked yet? Yeah. They talk in the hallway okay. in this episode. For some reason, there were like so many scene, edits. Of, yeah, like, there's a lot of cuts. things that it's I was trying weird. to remember what scene it actually happened in. But when the two of them are talking and Corey is kind of letting it go to his head, I thought he's going to overdo it like Corey always does. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Something's going to happen here. Always, always. Um, okay. So next scene, we are back at the apartment. We're filming again. Sean is putting on rollerblades and saying, yeah, Jack found a pretty nice place, but you know, that's what he's used to. He grew up with money. Although the apartment doesn't have the charm of the place I used to live in, I do like the idea of being able to take a shower without wondering if a twister is going to suck me naked through the roof. Um, the editing on this episode is weird. We hear the door buzz and then Sean is like running out of the bathroom with a towel around his waist and Corey is following after him in a bright yellow rain gear with his camera. Sean says, you go too far. Corey replies, I've got a film to make, Sean. Now you agreed to do this. And Sean's like, Corey, you have five minutes of me in the shower. You can't use that. Corey says it's for the European version. If I don't get into NYU, my next choice is Sweden YU. The door buzzes again and Sean ignores Corey and answers it. It's a pretty girl. She intros herself as Wendy from 3B. I stopped by to say hi to Jack. Sean says, oh, he's not here. And Corey, who's still filming and standing on the couch, whispers, drop the towel. Sean's like, what? And he reads, drop the towel. Make it look like an accident, but drop it. Wendy asks, why is the strange boy with the camera dressed like Paddington Bear? Sean explains he's doing a student film. If it embarrasses you, you can just tell him to stop. Wendy, though, is an acting major and very game. She walks <laughs> up to the camera and offers to perform monologues, including one she wrote herself called I'm a Little Unicorn. I'm also very good at improv. Corey's like, she's good at improv. Kiss her. Sean says, get away. And she's like, I can do love scenes. I'm not afraid. Sean says, okay. And they kiss. He is still in a towel and a teenager. They part and both are like, wow. She produces a pen from nowhere, writes her number on his hand and says, call me and leaves. Wild. Corey turns the camera on himself. It is unfocused. He says, she comes to see Jack, but give Sean her number. The plot thickens. And that is the end of the scene. This is so wild to me. The whole it's beginning of this scene is Sean being you know, a little bit open with Corey and kind mm -hmm. of like telling him about his situation. And he's kind of putting his guard down a little bit, just letting him know how he feels. And then Corey just takes it to this huge extreme level of getting invasive, literally filming him in the shower. You can't use that. You can't use that, my guy. <laughs> and also, what benefit is it? It's not useful or interesting to watch somebody shower. You know who could have had that knowledge? The people that made the season with Colton as The Bachelor. <laughs> Where they just filmed uh, multiple episodes or multiple yeah. scenes of him in the shower. It was, uh, Zach cared. had it really bad, Colton, and also Sean. Sean was the blueprint for lots of shower scenes in The Bachelor. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not fun. It it honestly loses sex appeal in the first, like, four seconds because you you know that they're showering in swim trunks because they can't be naked. Right. So we're, what, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's not interesting. But yeah, um super weird i hate that he just keeps following him and he's trying to rationalize the fact of it being okay uh because it's not and then also this gal just showing up this girl's wild yeah especially <laughs> to be like oh don't mind him is filming and she's just like hello i'm an actor <laughs> let me be there then just to immediately just kiss him i was like oh my god okay just gonna do it and also i mean he's he well, was game but he is half naked and a teenager so yeah, i don't feel just, great about it just some factors and then yeah. for him to be like whoa and her be like whoa yeah <laughs> like yeah. I, this is weird 
I don't like it. It's so it's so not correct on many levels. But I just don't like Corey like pushing it. Either, yeah, which is the main the biggest problem in this entire scene is that he's just not being considerate with Sean and how he's feeling and is being super invasive. But boy, can only go worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it does. We are at Chubby's. The trio are in a booth and Topanga asks Sean how things are working out with him and Jack. But before he can answer, Corey interjects, don't tell her. Let her see it on film. Topanga asks Sean if he's really okay with all of this. It sounds kind of personal. Sean replies, it is. But, you know, Corey is my best friend and I trust that he's not going to make me look bad. Corey says, my vision is to show people a side of Sean Hunter that they've never seen before. Sean asks, what side is that? And Corey says, well, the side that shows you overcoming all the odds. You know, moving out of the trailer park, getting to know your newfound brother from a different social class who desperately wants to bond with you. He looks over to the stairs into Chubby's and finishes and in a stunning plot twist, just walked in with your new girlfriend. Sean stands surprised and Corey turns to Topanga and goes, let's see what happens and pulls out his camera. Sean says, I can't believe he snaked her and walks over to them at the table. Jack sees Sean and greets him and introduces Wendy. Sean says, yeah, we've met. And Wendy says, hi. And Jack's like, what do you mean you've met? Sean says, can I talk to you for a minute? And walks into the back room. Jack says to Wendy, I'm going to go talk to him for a minute and gets up to follow. Point of order, he can't have snaked her. For a lot of reasons, unless something happened that we didn't see and is never discussed in the like forthcoming thing that just is about to happen. They kissed once and have maybe talked on the phone. Yeah. But like if Wendy and Jack, <laughs> she came to see him. So like, yeah, he snaked her is insane to me. <laughs> um, Jack says, so how do you know, Wendy? Sean replies, she came to the door. I was in a towel. You? Jack says, orientation. It was a lot more exciting than it sounds. Sean holds his hand up and says, phone number. Jack does the same and repeats, phone number. Sean says, kiss. Jack replies, kiss. And she performed, I'm a little unicorn for me. Corey then creeps in, filming with Topanga behind him. And Sean says, we've got a problem here, Jack. And Jack's like, no, the only problem I see is I'm in the middle of a date and you're in the middle of me being on a date. Sean asks where he took her and he says, to dinner and a concert. And Sean is aghast. Dinner and a concert? Jack continues, Cheryl Crow, we're here for dessert. Sean relents, you win. And Jack says, what? And Sean's like, I can't compete with dinner in a concert, Jack. Jack replies, Sean, it's not a competition. Sean says, sadly, well, not anymore. Jack says, look, there's more to this than Wendy, okay? So if you want, I can tell her to go home and you and I can have some time to talk. Corey gets closer and Topanga says his name, kind of like stop him, but he ignores this. Sean says, no, you know what? I'm sorry I bothered you at all. Have a nice date, okay? And he leaves the back room. Corey films him leaving, but doesn't stop and then pans back over to Jack. Topanga again says, Corey, which he ignores once again, and we'll call that a scene. um yeah the idea that you said that he snaked her is very weird to me because she wasn't there for sean anyway yeah and she was really doing it at first because of something that Corey had said to her yeah to try to be she's an actor yeah Um, like so it's it is kind of you know ridiculous of sean to be like oh my god but it also feels very teenager (laughs) yeah it's like immature in the way that makes sense but it's sad because again we see another moment where he is being very like open and kind of not at the same time when he's talking with Corey and Topanga at the beginning of like how things are going or like how Mm -hmm. like he's feeling about things and for Corey to then again whip out his camera (laughs) it's like my my guy please stop but I feel for Sean because it makes it seem like like the way that he's feeling is also like money is the factor there. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're starting to allude to is like he literally can't compete with Jack, even though it's just like, you know, they also might have had some relationship, but it's like. I, You're going to win because you have more money than yeah. me. 
And like, I've never had that. And this is all going so well. Um, So I just feel bad. Yeah, it's rough. Okay, so the next scene, we're still at the apartment filming again. Jack is talking about how him and Sean aren't off to a good start. I really don't know why it isn't working. Cut to Sean now. Maybe this whole thing was a mistake. It's been too many years. What was my dad thinking? He puts us in an apartment together and we're just supposed to be brothers? I mean, what makes us brothers? Corey's more my brother. Cut to Eric. Now he's doing laundry. Guy's first time away from home. About to do laundry. Unsupervised. Hello. You know where your story is? He starts putting things in the machine and then we cut out to see Amy and Alan watching the video with Corey in the kitchen. And Amy says, no, not in the hot water. It'll shrink. Oh, I should be there with him to talk him through this. Alan says, he's an idiot. Cut the cord, which is hilarious. <laughs> Just like a complete flip of their old stances. Morgan then bursts through the door, holding the arm of a very tall, nice haired boy and says, guys, this is Eric. His real name is Larry. He's my best friend, Barbie's brother. But around us, he's Eric. Larry, Eric, Larry slash Eric. Uh, says, hi, mom, daddy. And Amy says, what's going on, please? Morgan replies, we all miss Eric so much. I hired Larry to be Eric. Corey's like, that's ridiculous. Alan asks if he plays basketball. And then real Eric enters in a shrunken shirt and says, hi, mom, daddy. He goes to the open fridge and grabs a soda, then turns around to see Larry slash Eric and says, who are you? Larry says, Eric, who are you? (laughs) Eric replies, Eric. (laughs) Welcome. And then goes over to his parents and says, hey, I'm going to need some more clothes. Amy replies, no kidding. Eric then turns to Corey and says, hey, question, you know Sean better than anybody else. What is wrong with him? Why can't he get along with Jack? Corey says, I'll talk to him. Eric's like, well, you better get over there because they're going to kill each other. Corey takes and unplugs his camera from the little TV he was using and heads out the back door. And that's the end of the scene. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I find it really interesting. This whole thing uh, is like Corey filming in the document uh, documentary style or the real world style. Um, But the fact that now both of these guys, both Jack and Sean, are so open with him and they're kind of just venting to him in a way like they're obviously not talking about it with each other, but like Mm -hmm. are feeling also like not fully comfortable with like the rest of everything. And like they actually need advice from Corey or anything like later on. But Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that they are just willing to be open about, like, well, this is this is my problem. This is what I'm going through. Maybe this thing isn't working out, or maybe this, you know, X, Y, Z. And I just found that a little fascinating uh, yeah. that they were willing to do that. Whenever they're at the Matthews, you mentioned last episode, Amy's hair being iconic, already can tell. Looks mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It just feels very distinct compared to the rest of her hairstyles that she's ever yeah, had. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It feels very mom. Yeah. Who is this man? (laughs) Larry. Is is all my notes. And the fact that Morgan hired Larry to be Eric is just extremely funny. The fact that she's got a friend named Barbie, number one. Yeah. Number two, that that friend has a a brother who's like basically identical in essence to Eric is wild. (laughs) And also just the fact that he agreed to just be her brother yeah. is really <laughs> so just, wild. I'll pay you to be my brother. Where did she get the money <laughs> to pay this man? Who's to say? Uh, I also just, I don't know. Part of me thought it was cute, I guess, in a way that she was like, I knew that you were missing him. So I just <laughs> hired I this bought a man. replacement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eric walking in, our Eric walking in with a extremely tight shirt was not <laughs> expecting. Um, <laughs> Because most of the time, he's just wearing big clothes. Yeah. Uh, and so... Because it's the 90s. They're all wearing, like, way oversized <laughs> clothes. But this all is a time. very, like, tight tight jeans or, like, tight pants and also tight shirt. Just yeah. wasn't expecting it. And the whole interaction between them of just, I'm Eric. You? <laughs> like, Eric. <Who> you? <laughs> Eric. 
Welcome. <laughs> um, I like that Sean, or not Sean, Eric can also kind of clock that something is wrong and is just like, hey, mm-hmm. can you figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> but again, the fact that Corey immediately just took his camera, I was like, nope, bad. <laughs> just, <laughs> go, bad just go talk to your friend. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you brought the camera is a bad sign. Um, it is very interesting. Eric, even though he is, he continues to be dumb. Right? Like, this was very stupid. The, the context in which he was like, you know where your story is? It's me doing laundry. Like, that's him being very dumb. It is so interesting that he continues to be very emotionally intelligent. Despite- Especially in this episode, because it happens yes. again a little yes. bit later on. And I'm I was very like- excited to talk about that scene. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. The ways in which they choose to make him intelligent. And it feels both deliberate and also accidental. Yeah, because it's it's like the rest of the time, it's like it's only convenient sometimes when it's like for the story. Right. And that's unfortunate because, I mean, obviously it's funny, like he's still a funny character. Yeah. But I wish that they would have just had the writing still from last season with yeah. Eric because he actually was, you know, a, a wonderful character and actually had a lot to him that wasn't just being there for the funny moments and then the yeah. emotional moments, you know? It's fun to watch people progress. Like, I don't yeah. I don't think it's interesting to watch characters, like, number one, stay the same, number two, regress. And I feel like it's... Eric does get to, like, regression points at certain points, mostly in six and seven more than anything else. Yeah. But, like, he's always a little bit emotionally intelligent, and I do appreciate that. Like, he gets, like, one episode a season where he really gets to ball out emotionally, and it's very fun. But it's also, like... He has such range. Like, why would you take this from him yeah. when he can do this too? Especially when, like, we ha- we definitely have seen either him having his dumb moments in the past, but also, like, his physicality. And I feel like they just mm-hmm. said, oh, that's funny. Let's yeah. keep going with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. We go to the next scene. We are at the apartment. Corey and Topanga get off the elevator. And Corey's continuing, like, a sentence where he says, in all my life, people have always asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up, young whippersnapper? Topanga goes, who talks like that? And he replies, crazy people. And the point is, it was a lot of pressure, Topanga. And now that I've found something I'm good at, it's like the pressure's off. She says, Corey, why can't you just put your camera down and realize that your friend is in trouble? Corey's like, pressure, pressure from the girlfriend. They walk into the apartment to Sean and Jack arguing, and he immediately starts filming. Jack says, I thought I was doing you a favor. And Sean rebuts, well, I don't need your charity. Jack shoots back, it's not charity. I felt bad for you because you couldn't afford those concert tickets, so I bought them. Sean's like, I don't want anything you bought with your father's money, okay? Jack says, for your information, I work every summer for my money. I'm not some spoiled little rich kid, okay? I paid for school with student loans. And what do you have against my father, Sean? Sean says, nothing. I don't even know him. What do you have against your real father? Jack replies, Sean, my father is the one who raised me. I can't just have feelings for someone I don't know. Sean looks like he's been punched and says, yeah, well, neither can I. You can find yourself another roommate. We see Sean looking into Corey's camera as he turns to leave, and Corey's shot follows him out, then stops on Topanga making a scolding face at him. He puts the camera down, and that is the end of the scene. Look at these two actors. <laughs> Acting. Just going at it actors. with each other. Just feeding off the energy. It, like, yeah. It's sad when Sean has always been the emotional character, I feel like, out of all of them. Yes. And now... You also bring in another emotional character. <laughs> and surprise, they're brothers. So it makes sense. It makes um, sense. I really, I do love this scene because it's kind of one of the first times that you get to see them like hash out this anger because the, again, they've been both telling Corey how they're feeling yeah. without actually telling each other. I don't like that they're fighting. Yeah, but at least they're being honest with each other. Yeah. And it, <laughs> they're kind of hitting below the belt with some things. Um, the fact that Sean, you know, the one that I had written down out of all of them was like the anything you bought with your father's money. Because 
yes, they had two very different lifestyles. And it's it's also just unfortunate because I know that Jack is like, I I worked for all of that. Like, that's not mm-hmm. my family. But it can't fully disregard the fact of like, you had a different lifestyle that was growing up. So yeah, it's you're clearly not going to be seeing eye to eye on everything. Um, mm-hmm. I just hate that Corey walks in and it's like, your friend is needing Clearly help hurting. and yeah. this sucks that you only care about your film and like your project versus actually helping him out. And yeah. he's like literally kind of imploding with each other <laughs> and he doesn't really see it or care. And he only cares yeah. about it for the story element of it and not actually for his friend. It's sad. It's very sad. Um, Yeah. I don't have a lot to add here because I feel like a lot of the bulk of it for me, comes later in the episode. So mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to wait. I'm going to just... Everything you're saying is correct, and I agree with you. See, the thing is, <laughs> I feel the same, but also if I don't say anything, uh-huh. it's just weird then to be just like, don't now talk. the next scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what pieces can yeah, I pull from Yeah, can you pull out? Yeah, for sure. Without going for sure. I mean, you have to, right? Yeah, that's my job. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so the next scene. <laughs> we pick up immediately and Topanga says, what do you think? You hide behind that camera and you disappear? You know, that must not be a very good lens if you can't see what's going on here. She goes to leave the apartment and sick burn, Topanga. Yeah. That's, it's such a good line. <laughs> <laughs> Corey follows her out saying, Topanga, I understand what you're saying, okay? But what you don't understand is that the assignment is to make a documentary. I'm like the guy making a nature film in Africa. And when that antelope is about to get eaten by a lion, the guy behind the camera doesn't stop the lion. He films it and lets nature take its course. She replies, and as a filmmaker, maybe you're right. But as a friend, she backs into the elevator and finishes. Well, then I guess we'll have to let nature take its, and the elevator door closes before she can finish. And Corey yells at the closed elevator, nature take its what? That's how you end a sentence? Where do you come up with these? And that's the end of the scene. That's a very funny way to end the scene. It's so silly, and I really like it. He literally just said it, and he's like, what are you talking about? Topanga, man. Topanga's great. She's wonderful. This whole thing, like all of the lines are so, like all of her lines are so well written in this yeah. specific little scene mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that are just wonderful. But like, she's totally right. And him comparing a person in like Nat Geo just talking mm-hmm. about animals. I was like, um, you are in high school. That's also somebody's job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's fine. You do not have to be doing this at all. It's also not like you're not getting paid. You're not in college. Like, it's just this thing that you're doing for the sake of you doing it. It's not important. It's not important. It's not comparable because these are real people with real feelings. They're not animals engaging in, like, nature's food chains. Like, these are people. They're humans. That's a little bit heartbreaking, honestly, because he's comparing his friend like he just doesn't have emotions or, like, anything. Or, like, his emotions are not worth, like, considering in this moment. They're not as yes. important as the film he's trying to make. Film, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, I just love Topanga being like, hey, they're not the same. If you don't see this, I don't even know what to tell you. And I love that she yeah. just leaves. <laughs> She's <laughs> she <does>. like, goodbye. <laughs> we'll have to let nature. This elevator is a really important set piece um, throughout the, like, rest of the seasons. That's There's cool. a lot. There's a lot that happens in this hallway with this elevator, and it's very fun. Um, but it is just one of those things where you're like, "Oh yeah, here we are. <laughs> it's happening now. <laughs> we're back. In, we're back in the hallway, man. <laughs> things are happening out here." Uh, I love that. I yeah. love when new set pieces actually just get everything that yeah 
the full impact of them actually being there. They're like, how can we write this <laughs> so that all of the pieces come together? Everything's <laughs> important. I also, I think a lot about this elevator door. Like, how did they time this? Because she, open, it, it does work seemingly like it out like it stays open for a bit and then it starts to close and you can stop it by putting your hand out like it's it's a very like practical in in my frame of view frame 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 of reference i don't know what i'm trying to say um it's a very practical elevator door and it's like the way that it works and so i'm curious if they like timed this very specifically or like how <laughs> did they press a button and it closes like how does this elevator work pretty pretty damn good also i was thinking about this um because it's an apartment and turner's place was also an apartment do we mm. think that they just redress this set um, i do okay because i yeah. was thinking that they, everything is like in the exact same spot even down to the the fridge yeah being like the same <laughs> yeah and there was a, a step up situation in turner's apartment i don't think it had banisters if i, think I they remember just built the banister in front of it yeah i think they just built like banisters it around wasn't it. the same it's a little bit different yeah yeah. His apartment was darker too, like in just like color scheme. Yeah, and they the totally contrasted it as like being yeah. white walls and <laughs> like yeah. everything is everything's new. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I do think they redressed his apartment. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. What else were they gonna do with that set? It's like when Chubby's was also the center. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, Chubby's has been everything. It was that mafia. Yeah. Uh, it was that mafia place, yeah. <laughs> There's only one hangout space and it's Chubby's. <laughs> Okay, so the next scene, we are in the Matthews backyard. Feeny is talking to Morgan, saying that even though she misses Eric, she can't replace him by hiring someone to act like him, gesturing to Larry Eric, who is sitting behind her playing with a doll. Morgan's like, I'm not trying to replace him. I just want to miss my real brother less. Feeny says, your parents can't possibly approve of this. And she says, yeah, they do. My dad even plays basketball with him. Feeny <laughs> makes a disbelieving face, and she says, now I want you to give him some advice, like you always gave Eric. Larry Eric walks up to Feeny at the fence, and Feeny just says, run, man, run like the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan and Larry slash Eric go into the house as Corey comes out with Larry Eric greeting him. Hey, Cor. And Cor walks up to Feeney at the fence and says, those junipers are coming in quite nicely, eh, Mr. Feeney? Feeney stands up straight and says, don't mock my garden. I know you too well, Mr. Matthews. If you have a problem, just come out with it. Which is like <laughs> wild. He could have, he was just making small talk, man. He wasn't mocking your garden. He was also talking, like he kind of was... Like small talk, but also kind of compliment of like, yeah, they're coming in. And he's yeah, like, they look don't nice. mock my he's garden. Like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> if you need something, ask for it. Okay, stop toying with me. <laughs> it's wild. Honestly, love it. Get to the point. Phoenix <laughs> <laughs> does not have all day. <laughs> That's true. He's a busy man. Um, Corey asks, "Did you mean it when you said I could be an excellent filmmaker?" Feeney replies, I think your project shows great potential. And Corey agrees, "Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it's got passion. It's got conflict. Everything that makes a film great, right?" He says, mm-hmm, looks like you're on track. Corey says, yeah, the problem is Topanga. See, she doesn't understand that the guy behind the camera has to stay behind the camera and not get emotionally involved, even though this means that Sean and his new brother may not be getting along. Feeney starts, I see. Well, Mr. Matthews, I think it's safe to say that no matter how your film turns out, you have the potential of being a sensitive and caring filmmaker, if you so choose. Corey asks, why do you say that? And Feeney replies, because I know you to be a sensitive and caring young person, and I'll be very interested in seeing how your story turns out. He turns to go, but Corey corrects him, film. And Feeney turns back and says, yes, film. And then leaves. And that is the end of the scene. Oh, man. <laughs> it's it's great. It's like whenever Feeney pops on screen, you're like, about to get something good. Um, yeah. Especially at the crux of the episode where it's like, this is the important thing. But yeah, 
going back to the beginning, I love... This is one of the other times that we've ever seen Morgan and Feeney kind of have a moment together, mm-hmm. um, which made me miss their little tea party at the beginning of the entire series, uh, which is just fun. I love that <laughs> the way that <laughs> she's like, give him advice. <laughs> He's like, <"Just> run, <laughs> run, get out of here, dude. <laughs> it's so funny because like the Matthews aren't bad. It's just funny. He's like, this is this situation's weird. Just leave. <laughs> um <laughs> I respect it. But yeah, his uh, his Don't Mock My Garden made me laugh a lot. I just, the entire time, even when he was talking to Feeney, I was like, Corey, just think like, what is more important to you? Just think about that for a minute. Yeah. And then hopefully, maybe it'll make sense. But also like mm-hmm. if Topanga also said it, and I was saying it to you, like, I don't think it's going to work. So who does he go to? Feeney. Feeney. I just really love his whole line about like, no matter how it's turning out. You have the potential. Yeah, you have the potential of being a sensitive and caring filmmaker. And like, mm. you know, he's obviously alluding to like Corey's actual situation, but I love that he's veiling it in a way that's just like, I'm still, we're still talking about like what you're interested in, but yeah. obviously it's not the important thing. And he does it in such a way, like it's so clever to just be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm interested in how your story is going to turn out. Like this, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? And Corey's like, film. I, I, it's not about me. It's about my film that I'm making. And Feeney's like, yeah, your film. <laughs> it's a thinker, For Corey. Sure, <laughs> For sure, dog. Absolutely. Whatever you say. <laughs> I also really like Corey sort of went to him to validate the choice he was making to stay out of the conflict, right? And right. to just sort of like observe it. And instead of giving him direct like, well, I think you're not doing the right thing. He sort of just led him to like figure out that conclusion by himself, right? Because he just wanted to let him know, sort of remember, but basically make him remember like who he is as a person, separate from like, yes, you're making this documentary, but like, who are you? Who would you be in this situation if you were not making this documentary? Mm-hmm. Maybe bring yourself back to that. Um, but without like telling him, you know, you're doing the right thing, or you're doing the wrong thing, and really just sort of like, letting him think on it because Feeney says this and then Corey sort of walks away but is like you can tell in his face that he's like oh hmm yeah it's like <laughs> it's not what he wanted to hear yeah um and especially because Feeney at the beginning of the episode kind of validated him for like what he was doing and yeah. so now the fact that he goes back to him seeking that again and gets hit with this <laughs> this mm-hmm. lesson instead of just like hey who are you going to be as a person though versus being a filmmaker while yeah. also saying filmmaker is it's so well done i wish that my mind worked like this when just talking to people i know that he has writers that are working for him but i also like to believe that this is just how bill daniels was i know <laughs> so, it feels like it too yeah because like it, feels it seems like, like they wrote it based on him and like yeah. his whole personality and demeanor and so i just i choose to believe that this is how he is and i just wish that i could have that level of like talking to people in that way and yeah. talking giving advice or i can't i can't do it only he <laughs> <laughs> well he does have several years of um just like wisdom and life experience on us still so you're right we can't all be george feeney you know maybe in 40 years <laughs> but he definitely wasn't acting like me when he was my age so <laughs> i can guarantee that I do a lot of things <laughs> that he did not do. You know, that's that's probably true. <laughs> okay, I think now we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more of Boy Meets Real World After This. <laughs> 
Hello, everybody. It's Sid. Welcome to the mid-roll, the spot where we do announcements, featured ads, and anything else that we want to talk about. First things first, if you like our show and any of the others on the network, please consider backing us at patreon.com slash the scavengers network for just $2. Yes, two whole dollars a month. You can get access to hours and hours of bonus content and every donation helps support us and the network. Once again, Tay and I have some cool merch that is in the Scavengers Network shop. If you go to scavengersnetwork.com slash shop and then click on the Lost Years, you can see a bunch of the unique merch items. Unique? Cool? I don't know. Cool merch items that we have, and you can get yourself some. And if you end up getting any, you can snap some photos and tag us. Make sure to tag us on social media. And uh, we just appreciate it. We really worked hard on it, and it's a fun thing to actually see it come to life. So thank you. The great news, everybody, is that this mid-roll is going to be so short and so sweet that you will stop at the end of it and think, did I actually listen to that? I don't remember if there was a mid-roll. Because guess what? It's already over. So do you have water nearby? If not, you should get some. And if you need a little snack, go ahead and treat yourself because you, my friend, deserve it. Thank you for joining us. Let's get back to the episode. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear and tell you about the comedy podcast on Natural 20s. Do we really want to limit ourselves to just saying we're only a comedy podcast? You're right. We have a lot to offer, like intellectual conversations. Well, did you guys know Australia once lost a war entirely to emus? Do you think emus frown upside down because they're in Australia? Like they're below the equator? Yeah, duh. Health and fitness. Pasta is great, but you usually have a lot of extras, but have no fear. Thigh warm pasta is here. Plop the bag of leftover pasta on your thighs and eat those puppies like popcorn. We have microwaves. I have thighs. You know what? Actually, we can never decide what we're going to talk about. And that's why we leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20. So download Unnatural 20s on your favorite podcast app and roll with us every Monday. And we're back. In the apartment, Eric and Jack seem to be on a double date with Wendy and presumably her roommate. Eric and his date are dancing around lively as Wendy and Jack just sort of stand still, with Jack just like kind of sadly moving their arms up and down. (laughs) Eric's like, we have some lovelies here from 3B who just want to dance. Dance, Jack. Jack's like, I'm dancing. Wendy says, you don't seem to be enjoying yourself. And Eric says, oh, he's enjoying himself. Let me tell you, this wild man here is the kind of guy who likes to dance on the inside. Dance on the outside, Jack. Jack says, maybe we should call it a night. It sort of breaks from Wendy. And Eric's like, no, 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 no. The day Eric Matthews calls in a night at seven o'clock is the day he leaves the business. And he continues dancing. Wendy says to Jack, you look really depressed. Should I do a comedic monologue? And Eric yells, tomorrow, and starts pushing the girls out the door. Tonight you sleep. Tomorrow you do the monologue. I tell you, we'll want to be well-rested for that monologue, too. Hey, we're at the door now, okay? Bye-bye, then. And he, like, pushes them out, and they're gone. Jarek. Jarek? I just combined their names. Nice. They're Jarek now. Um, Jack and Eric start moving the furniture back, and Jack says, the whole reason I wanted Sean to move in here is so that I could get to know him. He won't let me. I reach out. He resents me. I try to be honest with him. He runs out. Maybe this brother thing isn't going to work, man. Eric says, eh, you know, maybe you're right. Why don't you just walk away? Then you won't be brothers anymore, right? Jack says, yeah. I mean, we don't even really know each other. What makes us brothers in the first place? Eric says, okay. When I was 12, Corey and I went to a Phillies game. My dad gave me just enough money for two hot dogs, so I went and bought two hot dogs. Of course, I realized by the time I got back to Corey, I ate them both. Corey cried. (laughs) Jack says, this is a very sad story. (laughs) Eric's like, that was the happy part. You want sad? I went up and down the aisle trying to collect money from people. A dime here, a quarter there. And I went and I bought Corey a hot dog. 
Man, he was so happy. He smiled and then I smiled because I felt good. I did the right thing. I was a good older brother. He started giggling, reached his little hand out for that hot dog and took a foul ball right smack dab in the head. Knocked him unconscious. Corey doesn't giggle anymore. (laughs) Jack says, next to Wendy's unicorn monologue, that's the worst story I've ever heard. Eric kind of laughs and says, you know what? That you're right. That is a really bad story. So why don't you tell me one about your brother? Jack taking that in is how we end the scene. Drop the mic, Eric. (laughs) Drop the mic, big dog. This is such a good scene. (laughs) It's really great. And is, again, just another really phenomenal indicator of Eric being an incredibly emotionally intelligent person and them just, like, throwing all of that away in favor of him being comedic relief. And I get it. I get it. But But also, (laughs) But why would you get rid of all of this type of stuff? Because, like, ah, I love... Like, hearing him also talk about things and, like, tell stories in this way and also having to think about it, like, it's really, Mm -hmm. it's really good. I don't know why they'd want to get rid of it. Um, Right from the get-go, just they're dancing. I was not expecting it. Um, (laughs) It seems really funny uh, and just kind of out of place, especially because Eric and his girl are just having fun and Jack is just standing there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But what what I love is that I feel like, you know, this like having the two gals is like Eric kind of like trying to help uh, Jack in this way of just like all of them are hanging out and I know that Jack and Wendy are like together but it's like it seems like something like hey we're having fun like trying to cheer trying to cheer him up and everything and as soon as she brings up a point that's like that's not gonna work of Mm -hmm. like her trying to make him feel better he's like all right you can go like it's really (laughs) it just already feels like a good friend level of just like him trying to help out Jack yeah they're already sort of at the level with each other. Yeah. And also like really talking. Yeah. And from the get go with her also just saying, you look depressed. I was like, ma'am, <laughs> why would you ever say that? to somebody? Yeah, it's pretty rude. Um, but I do love that we get this wonderful scene between Jack and Eric, because this is the first time that we've also seen them not just joking with each other. It's actually yeah. them having a deeper conversation. And I, I genuinely love this story because it's like sometimes being especially an older sibling Mm -hmm. um, because both of them are the older siblings. It's like being siblings is just not easy in general. And it does take a little bit of work. Like it's really easy to just, you know, disregard your siblings feelings entirely. Yeah. Especially when you're young. Yeah. Especially when you're young and especially with Eric in the story, it's like Mm -hmm. he was way younger when Corey was a kid. So yeah, the fact that he also like took that next step and effort and was just like, I, actually did something about it because I knew that it was going to just make him feel better. Yeah. And I I love that. I love that he also just leaves it on the little cliffhanger for Jack to figure out of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that story sucked. But do you have one about your brother? Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. I'm hearing silence, Jack. (laughs) I'm hearing silence from you, Jack. Tell me a story about your brother. What? You can't? Interesting. Yeah. It's like they don't actually know each other. And they're both just, you know, not even taking the time to actually know each other and are instead getting mad at, like, the other's situation or, like, why they would be mad at each other is interesting. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And we we get a little more here in a second, but I do find it really interesting that Jack is very willing to sort of just, like, let it go. And he's, like – and even Eric is, like, being sarcastic in that moment, right? And Jack is just not 
picking it up, which is why he told the story. But like, he's like, yeah, if you just, if you just give up, you won't be brothers anymore. Cause that's how that works. Right. And Jack's like, yeah, like we won't be brothers anymore. Like what even really makes us brothers? We don't know each other. And Eric's like, okay, fine. Have you considered maybe trying to get to know him? <laughs> Have Seems you thought like about that it? That could solve some problems a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and the funny yeah, thing is like, I, I love too that Eric didn't choose a story from any of the times where they actually got to know each other. Um, mm. It's like he went like way back. It was, it, it almost seemed like a first time that some type of issue mm. arose between the two where like he could have mm just let it sucked and just like had the two hot dogs and then like left Corey to be sad. But instead he was yeah. like, I know what would help him too. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like the scene. This, yeah, the, really the next one too. It's just like, it keeps rolling and it's nice. <laughs> it keeps rolling. And so do we. We are in the next seat. We're in South Philly, which we find out in a second. Sean is bouncing a tennis ball on a sidewalk in front of like a storefront as Corey walks up with his camera over his shoulder and Sean says, hey, look who's here. The documentary man in South Philly making movies. Corey's like, yeah, I figured you'd be here. Gosh, I haven't been here since you moved to the trailer park. Sean replies, yeah, you know, Jack lived here too. He like points up at an apartment building, although I'm sure he's forgotten. So why do you start rolling that thing and we'll finish your movie? Corey's like, no, I'm not here for that. That's not important anymore. Sean says, it is to me. I've got something to say. Turn it on. Corey obliges and Sean starts, I was seven when my dad first told me I had a brother. You know, I always wanted a brother. I wondered what he looked like, if he'd like me, if he even knew about me. When I was 10, I finally got up the courage to write Jack a letter, telling him all about me. I didn't get an answer, but I kept writing to him because he was my brother. I must have sent him like 15 letters and I never got a single thing back. So I knew he didn't want to have anything to do with me. And he still doesn't. We then hear Jack say, I never got any letters. Sean turns and says, what are you doing here? And Jack continues, my mom must have thrown him away without showing him to me. Sean says, I don't believe that. You were ashamed of me. You always were. And he starts to walk away and Corey tries to stop him. And he says, let me go. Corey's like, no, you're not listening to him. Okay, now listen to what he has to say. Sean's like, don't get in the middle of this. And Corey says, the problem was, Sean, I didn't get in the middle of this from the beginning. Sean retorts, you were behind your camera from the beginning. And Corey says, I didn't realize what was going on. It's not about my film anymore. It's too personal now. This is your life. Give it a happy ending, okay? Sean hesitates, but walks back over to Jack and asks, did you really throw him away? Jack says, I never got him, man. Sean asks, but if you had, would you have written me back? Jack says, if I'd have known you wanted to see me, I would have gotten on a bus and found you. Sean says, yeah. And Jack replies, found you now, didn't I? Sean says, all I ever wanted was a brother. And Jack says, okay, you got one. They hug as Corey looks on, and that is the end of the scene. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! It's nice. Um, God, I love this scene. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that Corey went and Sean immediately didn't just, you know, say that his friend was there. Like he made it a point mm -hmm. to be like, "Hey, hey the filmmaker, film like guy. that." <laughs> I bet that to Corey was also like, oh, shit. Stab in the gut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that he was like, no, I I still have to say something and I would like to say something because he's, again, whenever they've just been kind of talking into the camera, it's just like they're actually getting to say how they're feeling without yeah. ever actually telling anybody else. And the fact that he's being vulnerable about the fact that they're, like, also not seeing eye to eye and just, like, him saying that, like, he always wanted a brother, especially with, like, Corey... Like, all of them having siblings. Siblings, um, yeah. That's such a weird age, too, with, like, being seven and just, like, not understanding. 
I have a brother, but my are, brother's yeah. not here. I he is just like I wrote him all the time and I kept doing it and nothing ever came of it, but I kept doing it because I wanted it to be a thing. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> it's really sad. Uh, Imagine being uh, that young too and just like getting that disappointment. And then to to hold on to that for so many years. Yeah. Because he was really this is a thing that he's very clearly never talked about with probably anybody because it's it didn't sound like Corey knew. Corey didn't even know about Jack. So there was no way for him to like know that he was constantly writing him letters. So this is the first time that Sean's really ever told this to probably anyone. Right. And so he's been holding on to the fact for years, since he was 10, that he wasn't good enough for his rich older brother. Yeah. That's what he's been internalizing and feeling for eight years, presumably, and about. Especially with, like, us knowing Sean's life growing up, where yeah. it seems like this, like, he doesn't have a brother that cares about him. He then, a little bit later on, has his parents who don't seem Abandon to care about him. him. Yeah. Like, this boy has this so many boy. issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just needs a therapist and a hug. Yeah, I mean, he... Ugh. I just want the best for him, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the fact that Jack is just there and listening to it and it's just like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. It's so sad that Corey, or not Corey, Sean is also immediately like, how could you not have, like, how would yeah. you never know that situation? Like, I literally, it's, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? This is the notebook. The notebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately, yeah. Yep. Just, when the mom stole day. all the letters. I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. You wrote me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't over <laughs> it still isn't I over. also it still isn't over I immediately also thought the notebook but I mean it's it's so sad because also being Jack's age like it's like it's two different you know situations and lives and it's just sad to be like I, I had no clue like I, yeah. I don't know what you also want me to do in this moment I because there's nothing I can do to change the past at this point yeah nothing I can do to change the past and also like it seems like Sean isn't wanting to budge on this of like, I don't, how, how could you not have known that? Like, yeah, all these yeah. things. There's no way that but you could have not known. And it's like, I I didn't, though. I didn't know. <laughs> Why would my family want it? It's like, that was a bad part of like my past or like my, yeah. my parents' past. So like, I I wasn't familiar with it. Like when you're a kid, you're not exposed he was to also everything. Yeah. Jack was also a kid during that. So there was like nothing that he really could have done. And for Sean, right, like for us, that makes sense. We can see that, right? For Sean, he just feels shame. He only feels shame when it comes to Jack because he feels like he tried to have a brother. He reached out and his brother rejected him. And he felt that for years, which is all he's been holding on to for years and years and years. And then he tries to reach out again and he feels rejected again. So he's just getting that reinforced in his brain, right? Like he's a kid still. He's still he's still only a child. He's still a baby. Yeah. Uh, he's doing his best. We've also seen Jack coming and actually being like, hey, like come live with me. Come do this. Like he's mm-hmm. also just trying after all this time to be like, I haven't seen you, but yeah. maybe let's repair it. And so it's nice for them to like actually get this moment of them like talking with each other. Really understanding. Yeah. Ugh. It's just, it's so good. Yeah. And Corey just dropping the camera. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things is like he actually mm-hmm. just stops and like talks to them and is just like, yeah. hey. <laughs> did you notice that Corey had a lisp for no reason? <laughs> it's a thing that I've thought about for years because it's the only time he ever has a lisp. And I'm like, why? Did he just forget to take his retainer out for a scene? And they were like, man, this was too good. We can't, 
we can't reshoot it. Yeah. There's no, I don't know why it's like that. It bothers me though. Not the specifically the lisp that, that he's never, ever had it another time. And they were just, it seems like they were just like, well, we already got it. So we can't reshoot it. It's just like that one time where I said his, he seems like he has an accent now, like a little bit of mm. a, some type of accent where in his life he never had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they just keep making those choices. Or maybe it's just Ben just being like, hey. <laughs> maybe Ben had a really swollen tongue that day. <laughs> But yeah, I Jack saying that if I had known you wanted to see me, I would have gotten on a bus. I was like, it's really the child. <laughs> uh, and the fact that he ended up with like found you now, didn't I? I was like, this yeah. this show, man, it's, really it's well so done. good. I was a little teary eyed baby at the end of the scene. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's very sweet. And I like it a lot. I'm just ready to see their relationship grow also. And I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I love season five. I love season five. I was looking at um, the Wikipedia page of like everything that happened in season five because I wanted to know exactly when Angela comes back and is like back for good. Um, and I just, oh, man, season five is so good. Yeah, I am <sighs> ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just like it set a tone right at the beginning of the season. I know. That I'm just so eager to <laughs> watch all of it. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so the next scene, we are back at the apartment. We're filming again. Jack and Sean come out of a room arguing. Jack pulling clothes off of banisters and yelling, and clean up this mess. Will ya? This isn't my mess. This is your mess. Clean up this mess, you pig. Sean says, pig? Did you just call me a pig? Cut to Sean alone, giddily. My brother just called me a pig. I think this might work out. Then we cut to Jack saying, yesterday, Sean and I went out and got a couple of hot dogs. Not much of a story, but it's a start. He looks over and we pan out to see the both of them sitting on the couch together, grinning happily. And that is how we end the episode proper. They're creating fun, brotherly content now. I love it. And the fact that they ended it with the got hot dogs, I was like... Jack had that idea them. from somewhere, and I love that that little bit was just included. It's nice. It's really sweet. Oh, what a fun, what a fun episode. It's a fun episode. It's really good and fun and delightful. And credits. We are still at the apartment. More filming. We get a clip of Eric watching his laundry drying in amazement. A clip of Larry, Eric, outside of the Matthews house pouting. He says, I could have been a good Eric. I wasn't given a chance. A clip of Morgan saying, he wasn't as good an Eric as we thought. He coasted, took the job for granted. We got to the parents saying, we couldn't tell Morgan this, but he stole. They pull a stuffed animal out and continue, we found this in his backpack. Cut to Feeney, then like walking up to the shot saying, I'm thinking of putting my house up for sale. I thought when the kids started getting older, things would quiet down. He shakes his head. Just gets weirder. Then we got to Corey, who's like posed and sitting, and he starts, I've been meeting with the people at Disney. They're very interested in my film. They're talking three-picture deal. Personally, I'm thinking of going the independent route, maybe Sundance Film Festival. I need to think. We come back to the apartment, and Corey, now in VO, filming the boys, says, this is the story of Jack, Sean, and Eric. Three new roommates. They've been through a lot, and they've made it. Now, nothing will tear them apart. We then hear Eric say, like, through a smile to Sean, you're breathing loud again. Sean replies, so I'm a loud breather. And Jack says, why can't you breathe more like me? Corey in VO again says, what do I know? And that is the end of the episode in full. Clip, 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 clip. A couple of my notes here. Eric is a simpleton. <laughs> He's so, so stupid. I love him. Um, I I love getting to see the entire cast staring directly down the barrel of the camera yeah. because we never see that. <laughs> no, no. Um, and so it's fun for all of them to kind of just interact with the camera in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact with <laughs> just Peeny just being like, it just gets weirder. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's so funny. The fact that he's like, I might just sell my house. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking of moving my entire <laughs> life to get away from this one family. And it's funny because in the past couple of seasons, he's also seemed like very, very yeah. chubby with them. And so the fact that it's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, man. Maybe I, think I gotta let move. something down, uh, like too much of my guard down. And now it's just <laughs> bizarre. And the the Disney placement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those, always those suckers you gotta your mouse <laughs> your ding dang mouse <laughs> um well on that note what was the lesson said i got two. Ooh. so people do not know what you're thinking or what it, what is in your head until you actually tell them if mm. you have an issue just talk about it with them a great one number one number two not everything in our lives needs to be documented. And this holds true, especially now that the internet and social media and everything exists. That's a great one. Thank you. Honestly, not where I thought you were going, but I kind of love that. Corey just did too much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have, it reminded me of one of my aunts that documents literally anything and everything and okay, so. puts it online and gets maybe like one or two likes on right. things, but she posts maybe like four times a day. I don't even post yes, four times exactly. a week, four times a year, dog. What do you mean? <laughs> That's a great one. I love that. Thank you. I have um, no notes. You did a, hey, you did a good job this episode. So. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I needed that a lot. <laughs> you did great, too. I know that. <laughs> oh, I did OK. Thank you, though. <laughs> no, you did great. <laughs> um hey welcome to the end of the podcast it's the part where me and sid compliment each other because we're having a time <laughs> um yeah if you'd still like to keep up with the with us i was about to say the two of us and then i was like that sounds weird because it seemed like i was about to launch into our own socials and that's wrong we um, can make sorry continue <laughs> Oh, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Lost Years Pod, where we share when the episodes drop. We share fun memes, and we'll we ask what you are nostalgic for. Do you have one? I couldn't think mm. of one because my my brain was not working this week. That's so fair. Have we done? Have we done? Like, <gasps> what was your first stuffed animal? Oh, great! I don't know why I've never thought of that before, but I have one like locked and loaded in my mind. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I have. Yes. Do I have? My first one. My first one? Think about it. Yeah, I will we have, have to a think week. about that. I don't know if I I don't know if I have my first one, but I have my most important one. Obviously. Yeah. So if I can't think of the first one, then I'll just talk about the important one. But Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. What's your first stuffed animal? What is it? What is it? Tell us about it. Um, in our emails or on our social media. But if you want to email us, you can at the last at gmail.com. We'll read your email on the show. You could also rate us and write a review on Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Chartable, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe as well. Wherever you get them, it really helps us out, helps people find the show. And it's kind. It's kind. And and in these dark times, we all just need a little bit of kindness in our lives. In, in these dark times. In these dark times. So yeah do that please thank you <laughs> we'd appreciate yeah. it and thank you to the scavengers network for having us on the network you can check out other cool shows like wet hot american moon juice and side character quests on www.scavengersnetwork.com dot com if you want to keep up with us cup if you want to cup with us <laughs> <laughs> listen we are all 
doing our best. If you want to keep up with us on socials, you can find me on everything at Takro. And I'm also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash it's Takro. But I just started a new job. So that's going to be sporadic as hell. I'm doing my best. Okay. But I'll probably be there. Maybe. Hopefully. Possibly. I'm trying. Anyway. (laughs) You are doing great. Thank you. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Um... Yeah, you can find me all over the internet, uh, Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, and Twitter at Sudsley. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I was going to say more and then my, you know the thing where like your brain all of a sudden stops and then you can tell that it stopped mm-hmm. and then you're just sitting there mm-hmm. and it's silent and you think, now this is too awkward uh, a length of time to keep yeah. going. Yeah, for That's sure. what just happened to me. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. And that's so fair. I talked more about that than I did promoting myself, and that I feel like that speaks volumes to where my mind is at this week while I'm trying to record this episode. Oh, you're do. Listen, we are all just doing our best, and that includes you, dear listener. And we appreciate you for doing your best, and I appreciate you, Sid, for doing your best. And um, okay, hey, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you, um, and we will continue to say that because it's always true. Until next time. You're Ted. You're Sid. Just like it's always been. What else do you need to know? Goodbye, fam. Bye, fam. You're doing great. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.